there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Taking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom and making sense out of medical propaganda. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, Robert Scott Bell. Carrying on the tradition that we have here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, our weekly visits with Dr. Rashid Batar. We call it Advanced Medicine, Advanced Medicine Monday. Dr. Batar, I know you're running on just a couple hours of sleep here today. I, I'm grateful uh, for your dedication to get the message of health, freedom, and liberty out to the people. Great hearing from you, Robert. It's a wonderful Monday. Let's uh, let's talk about all these exciting things that uh, we discussed a few minutes ago. Yeah, let's rock the health world, shall we? Now, uh, we've been talking about the uh, HPV shot, the human papillomavirus, this Gardasil and Cervarix. And interestingly enough, of all things, it entered the political arena within the last couple of weeks with a firestorm because Rick Perry has been hammered by Ron Paul, by Michelle Bachman. These are running for president uh, about this so-called executive mandate. And Rick Perry's answer to this was, well, I hate cancer. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This was his excuse. I hate cancer. That's why I did it. <laughs> yeah, he's going to he's gonna regret saying that because now he's opened up a can of worms for himself. Oh, certainly. And because we know in the, in the real scientific realm, not the pseudoscientific realm, the HPV shot has never been proven to prevent cancer. In fact, it increases precancerous lesions within the cervical tissue of women who take it, girls who take it. And, of course, 20, 30 years down the road, they might say, oh, well, we were wrong. We goofed. There is no uh, prevention here that's happening. And on top of that, SaneVax has now proven 100% of the batches that they tested, I think 13 batches from four different continents and a number of companies, proven to have contamination from recombinant HPV DNA bound to the aluminum adjuvant. And Merck claims that that's not there. It is there. Well, Robert, let's put aside what's been proven and what hasn't been proven in the studies of this or that. Let's just talk about the number of people that have already been injured permanently or have lost their lives because of this vaccine. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's the significant thing because we we come out with Michelle Bachman. She ends the, the, the last debate and a mother approaches her and thanks her for talking about it because her daughter was affected severely and she claimed that within you know a short time span after getting the HPV Gardasil shot, her daughter became mentally retarded. And so now they have this bioethicist appearing on all the media outlets around the country on CNN and local Minnesota outlets saying, well, just show me this woman. I dare you. Show. We'll give you $10,000, Michelle Bachman, to your charity. I mean, this is crazy stuff. It's like there, there's no science here. They're throwing out magicians to counteract this stuff. Well, you know, the thing is, though, it, there's, there's at least... From what I remember, as of January of 2011, I think there were 24 cases of young, healthy women under the age of 25 that were athletes, that were productive members of society, college students, that within two months, a month and a half, two months, died after getting Gardasil. 
Yeah, very severe injuries. And, of course, this is the kind of thing where Rick Perry, as a governor of Texas, to mandate it by executive order, finding out his chief of staff became a lobbyist for Merck. He took five to $30,000. He's in the debate saying, well, I, 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 how dare you think that I could be bought for five grand? Yeah, is it, well, thirty grand, okay, he could. Be. I mean, this is amazing <laughs> what's happening out there. They're they're scared, and and the the Gardasil, um, you know, debate here is now going into an area where it never would. It used to be like here we have what we call alternative media source, right? Natural News, the Robert Scott Bell Show, Doctor Batar, you appear here. We talk about things the old media doesn't cover, and so they used to be able to try to ignore it. But now they entered center stage in the presidential primary and they are really panicking because they're losing the pr battle here yeah because actually this type of information it is very very difficult to put a spin on it if you've got like a controlled show like uh you know something like 2020 when they interviewed me or what some of these shows where they can limit your exposure and they can manipulate the recordings in the sense that they can record six hours and then only air 30 minutes of the best 30 minutes that supports their stance that can't happen when you enter into a political debate because it's going to get constant uh, exposure, and right. that's what they can't. Ex- they can't. Uh, there's no way they can cover that. They can, there's no way they can put a lid over that. Yeah, exactly. By the way, I have uh, the article uh, published uh, from Sainvax posted as well to robertscottbell.com today. Those of you check it out. Plus, of course, the links to Dr. Rashid Batar, his book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away, all the things. If you ever, if you're just joining us for the first time here in Dr. Batar, my gosh, you've got hours and hours and hours of catching up to do every Monday. And you'll see the links over there at naturalnewsradio.com to the archives of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Fascinating, fun stuff, engaging, entertaining, but things that will change your life for the better, save lives, reverse diseases such, empower you to heal the way you are designed by God to heal. That is our perspective here, and that's what we do every week. Now, the reason we're covering this uh, HPV issue, as we know, the old media is discounting this and trying to ridicule now Michelle Bachman. Say what you will about Bachman. We give her props for talking about this. Certainly, Ron Paul is something, as a physician, you know, he's bringing up, they barely want to talk to him about health care and the debates. I mean, the only physician running this time, and he's up there defending our liberty. And after the last debate, I think, well, actually, no, this was recent. Dr. Batari, you didn't see this. After the, uh, he just won the straw poll in California. He like got fifty percent of the vote. Rick Perry got less than about half of what he got. And afterwards, they were in, in, in backstage. They were interviewing Dr. Paul about the vaccine mandates. It was about the the Gardasil, but also about the whooping cough. And and he stand, stands steadfastly in the in the parents camp to say it is up to the parents to decide the government should not be mandating these things and who's at risk anyway he actually said that you're only putting your kid at risk why are you worried about everybody else so he stood firmly in in the in the from the standpoint of freedom of the family this is wonderful well it's uh, amazing that uh, during the last presidential debate they wouldn't even recognize dr paul's momentum that he was gaining, the support that he was receiving, and I believe in the South Carolina primaries, they wouldn't even let him be included in the debate. Well, in that last cycle through, they were really trying to discount him as a candidate. Now he's gaining well over 10% of the electorate, probably maybe close to 15. Who knows? It could be 20 because oftentimes, this is another thing they don't consider when you talk about the, the a lot of the polls that are done. They, these old polling organizations only call people that have landlines, how many people, young people in particular, have landlines anymore? Yeah. So you see how it skews the results anyway. It could be much, much larger in regards to the actual uh, uh, support that is out there, as we see in California, which is not known as a Republican enclave. 
to see Ron Paul gaining half of the uh, you know the in the in the Republican straw poll there tells you there is a sea change. He is in fact, I believe, with all my heart at this point, the leading candidate now. But the old media is going to continue to pretend that he's kind of weird and out out far outside the mainstream. Of course, the mainstream is toxic and polluted and believes in injecting people with uh, toxic aluminum human papillomavirus recombinant DNA. Besides all the other garbage that they believe in, Ron Paul's the only one that actually stands by the Constitution. Yeah. Yeah, imagine that. And as we talk about this medically, you know and I know, and now a lot of our listeners know, that we each have a Constitution as well. It's not just the federal Constitution that we ignore. We often ignore ours until we wake up and see, hey, the pharmaceutical perspective is to provide synthetic toxic substances that they pretend are nutrients the way they basically treat us as you know having a lack or an absence or a deficiency of a drug or a vaccine and that's the reason why we have disease it's also a completely fundamentally flawed perspective on how health or disease occurs exactly it's ignoring the fundamental components such as the such as the oxidative stress the toxicity issues and then of course you know we're chronically dehydrated as a society probably as a world society not even our own uh, national society, but I think as a world society, we're chronically dehydrated. And then on top of that, all the other aspects that come along with poor nutrition, where, where the food sources that we're having uh, taken into our systems are devoid of the vital nutrients that are essential to make the metabolic processes perform in the normal manner. Mm-hmm. And the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, you know, this this coming Wednesday, we plan to have a two-hour special about more of the science being revealed behind, or the lack thereof, behind the whole HIV causation hypothesis of AIDS. There are scientists now that have shown, with with the science that is published peer-reviewed, that there has never been even viral isolation of the so-called HIV. I was interviewed by Russia t- today some months ago, many months ago now, about this whole issue of H- HIV and such, and I said, listen, the, the, if you read the inserts to the tests themselves, they say that it cannot be used to diagnose the presence or absence of the very retro virus that claim to be detecting and it can't be used as a diagnosis for uh, whether you have or don't have aids and what about all the people in africa they say well how about the nutritional deficiencies there how about the lack of hygiene sanitation there haven't people been dying of malnourishment for hundreds if not thousands of years on that continent what's new yeah that's that's a very very good point so when we look at these things, we've got to look at it from a different perspective, a different eye. And I, I see this, Dr. Batar, it's very exciting. And your book plays a role in here. The more people that read what you have written and have, you know, have visited you, learned from you, will recognize that they can see through what parades as news, but what is in fact propaganda to keep people, Americans in particular, but people anywhere they can, can convince, into a pharmaceutical slave-based paradigm. Well, you know, I think history also shows that this is not something new. It, it happens to every democracy after, what, 200 years or something like that? Is, yeah. Is yeah, so it's, this is, we're playing part and parcel uh, within the, or into the historical perspective and uh, into the, into what's happened always before. And that should allow us to be actually more cautious. I think it was Winston Churchill who said, uh, to know the future, you must study the past or something yes. to that extent. Yes. And um, I think that if we just look back and look at you know history, it, it kind of shows us how great nations have fallen uh, or great societies have fallen because of this very manipulation of the information. They mm-hmm. try to prevent the masses from knowing the truth. They have an agenda that they're promoting, whatever that agenda may be. Yes. And, uh, and 
it eventually ends up failing. I mean, this is one of the reasons for limiting the government and where the people should be, um, I'm sorry, the, the government should be afraid of the people, not the people of the government. Sure. These, type of, these type of simple concepts, I mean, they're intuitively uh, very indicative of where the balance of power should lie. And, of mm-hmm. course, it's quite opposite right now in our society. Yeah, another thing I think was fascinating in the last set of debates, you know, four years ago there was that moment when Ron Paul had said blowback, talked about our foreign policy impacting on the so-called 9-11 events that occurred. And Rudy Giuliani said, I've never heard of that. How outrageous. You should take that back. And he didn't. He stood his ground. And he said, here, four years later, he did the same thing and said, listen, you've got to look at your foreign policy. Look at the CIA. They acknowledge blowback. Michael Shore, who was with the CIA analysis, he says, blowback. Do not occupy foreign countries. They don't like it. We would not like it here. What do you expect? This is where suicide terrorism, the vast bulk of it comes from. And yet there they had Rick Santorum, who's barely registering in the polls, saying he played the role of Giuliani this time. And Paul stood, stood his ground and said it again. And the adults in America are starting to recognize the wisdom. It isn't blame America. I mean, there's a difference between the government that has been co-opted and corrupted and the people of America who can who are waking up to see that difference. Well, there's less than 600 people that have caused America to fall into the abyss that it has and to misguide our nation and those are the 600 less than 600 people that represent the members of congress and the executive branch of the government i mean this is we're talking about i got a great email and this email basically talked about this that there have been less than 600 people that have been elected Mm -hmm. as officials to represent our views and none of them have represented the true values of our nation that have uh represented the people as they should have right they're they're corrupt. They're liars. They they cheat. And what would happen to any of these people or people like this yeah. if they weren't members of Congress or the executive, the chief executive branch? Well, they would yeah. end up in jail. Of course. And, and and last week I covered the fact that the, most of them are all on drugs. And, you know, not just the pharmaceutical FDA approved, but also the illicit street drugs on top of it. So we've got a real uh, corrupt culture, a drug culture, and that's what we're countering here on the Robert Scott Bell Show today. Dr. Rashid Bittar is my guest, as he is every week on Advanced Medicine Monday. Check it out as well. I've got all the links, including to his wonderful book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away, bestseller on a number of lists, if I can remember, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, and Amazon. That's correct. So we got lots more healing to do. Remember, healing is not just about physiology. It's emotional. It's mental. It's spiritual. It's economic. It's political. And we can do all of that right here. And if you ever want to call in with a question or comment, 866-939-BELL, 866-939-2355. We'll be right back with more powerful healing after this. We live in exciting times as we're really seeing some revelations about, um, I don't know, the corruption, the lies that, you you know, you referenced the lies last hour, or I say last segment, here I am, I'm just traveling in between so many places, I hardly know what day or time it is, (laughs) but (laughs) talk about the lies of the 600, there's also, when we talk about the government, the shadow government, the secret government, the bureaucratic oligarchy that responds to no one, that is elected, unaccountable, and we also have what we covered prior to 9-11, the CIA, the corruption of the secret organization 
corporations and the you know the all these conflicts of interest is it for the global corporations is it for the de jure united states and all of these competing interests are happening and so for me the gardasil issue is one aspect of that but very revealing in that people are starting to see through their, those things that they never saw through is as if the curtain is being lifted and the man behind the curtain, like that famous movie, The Wizard of Oz, is being seen as the guy that's pulling levers. And you're going, wait a second. You mean that wasn't it was that guy? Yeah. So this is the kind of thing that we're 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 living through an awakening, Dr. Batar. The only thing is that that guy behind the curtain, The Wizard of Oz, was an innocent guy and was a was a you know, he was actually a good natured person and, and had a good heart. And unfortunately, that's not quite the yeah, it doesn't seem to be our, the same. Yeah. In our movie. Right. So if we have, let's say, people that do not have the same values that we have, and I've, and this has been a, a constant theme recently as well, wanting to say, hey, listen, we here, Dr. Batar and I, and many of you listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show every day, much less every week when Dr. Batar is on, have a perspective on life and value life and want to protect it and want to help people. But you have to recognize that there are people on planet Earth, and unfortunately there are a fair amount of them. I don't think they're in the majority, but there are enough of them in positions of power that do not value human life the way we do and would be willing to discard human life, including yours or mine, if they could take advantage of that, if they become more powerful or wealthier. You may not have that perspective, but these other people do, and we have to be on guard for that. Well, you know, this is an interesting point you bring up too, Robert, because in conversation, there will always be people that uh, refuse to acknowledge the very simple fact that you did. But, you know, my counterpoint to that is, if that was not true, then why would we have lost so many, or why have we lost so many people mm-hmm. in wars? Because that's exactly what it is. Those people that have decided on wars don't value human life. You know, in the old old times, there was a legend where, like, if there was a war that was to occur, and I think this was somewhere in in Egypt or, or Greece or Roman, and I don't even know whether this is actually true or not, it may be part of mythology, Yes, but where two leaders that would face each other off with their huge armies would then, in, in order to spare lives, fight themselves among themselves. So the two would fight, yes. and whoever would win the fight between the two leaders would win the war and the spoils of the war, and no soldiers would die except for one or the, one or the other leader. And, you know, that's, that's exactly how it should be because there are people out there that don't believe what you just said, and it is the absolute truth. And if it wasn't the truth, then we would not have throughout history had wars and wars and wars. And do you know there's more people that have died in the name of God mm. than in any other causation of, of death? I mean, that's ridiculous because my God is a God of love and peace. As, as I know your God is, and as I know that all the monotheistic religions preach, yep. and yet more people have died in the name of God than any other cause of death. Well, isn't it interesting? Humans tend to be very easy, easily manipulated, whether it be uh, religious leaders that you know lose sight of the real reason for the religious path, the spiritual life, as well as our governmental leaders who would say, okay, yes, there's a constitution, or, oh, if it's a religion, there's our Bible, let's not follow it. In this case, we see this corruption, and the people always very, uh, let's say, easily corrupted because we tend to want leaders. We want people to tell us what to do, Tell us how to live instead of living that life in in a line with that, as we say, the Constitution or a Bible or whatever it is that you follow. And then we are, uh, let's say, manipulated by our emotions or even our physiology. Because if we can be drugged or if we can be starved, we can be thrown into these battles and become cannon fodder for those who are just looking for what you said, the spoils of war. 
Well, it's the it's the nutritional depletion or any of these things that you talked about. It actually then converts the individual into fear, yes, into a fear mode, and then the fear is what they react to, and that's the worst place to come from. In fact, in the epilogue of the book, I talk about this: the two root causes of all decisions that people make, mm-hmm. and I, we've talked about it on the show. Uh, it's love mm-hmm. versus fear, and um, you know, I go into a hypothesis there and, and a theory which I believe to be true now because I've tested it often but if people made their decisions if they chose to take their actions based upon love love of themselves love of others love yes. of some somebody else something else something higher than themselves whatever the whatever it is if it's based on love versus based upon fear the fear that they themselves feel or the fear that they have of what may happen if they just change that simple component in their decision-making process, make their decision based upon love and not fear, this world would be a different world. Oh, my gosh, would it be? I mean, you know, I've, I've often measured my life in terms of, of not economics necessarily because that's only one short measure and that, that's fleeting comes and goes. But how much love is in my life, you know, whether it be from the family or whether it be from friends you know, how much have I also given of that love? And that, to me, is is something far, far greater. And I think part of the economic downturn, the, the turmoil, all of this, I have to believe, is driving us back to that which is really important as opposed to the illusion of what's important. I couldn't agree with you more because I believe that's exactly what it is. As I've said before, before the sky becomes beautiful blue and the grass becomes a rich green, you have to have that storm that first comes through and washes away all the debris and provides that water uh, to mm-hmm. clean everything. And that's what we call the storm, or in medicine we call it the Herxheimer's response, the healing crisis. Right. And I think that's what we're going through as, as a, not only as a nation, but as a global society, that we're going through that Herxheimer's response. We're going through that detoxification. And it's a good thing, and that's why we should celebrate it and embrace it and not resist it. Yeah, to me, it's it's very exciting, although, you know, as the human that I am, I mean, I get emotional about it. We talk about it. We'll, we'll get angry of things and see outrageous things. But at the same time, coming back to a balanced perspective to realize that there's a higher purpose for it all, which is very difficult, especially when tragedy hits so close to home, not just as a country or a nation or a state or as a community. I mean, uh, you know, people, you know, lives are lost all the time. The question is, are they done uh, or lost through deception? through purposeful lies and deceit as it, you know, come back to the HPV Gardasil issue where, you know, they're sending out magicians to protect their, uh, you know, belief system to challenge anybody who would question or even mothers who say, listen, I saw my kid healthy one day, got the shot the next day. They were gone. They were alive, but they were gone. You know, I've heard this type of uh, statement um, and I'm not talking about the socially or during conversations or during lectures. I've probably heard that tens of thousands of times. But I've heard that from my own patients literally more than 1,500 times because I've treated more than 1,500 children with autism now in our own clinic. Right. And over the last decade, I have heard this story over and over and over again. You know, it all started 24 hours after the shots, it all started with a high fever that my child got immediately after the shots. And we started seeing the deterioration within a couple of weeks, a couple of days, you know, within two months that they, were, they weren't talking. Whatever the case is, there's the little variables, and everybody's going to respond differently to different types of onslaughts. But the point sure. is that this, the history has always 
been the same. I, I think that I may have had maybe three to five people, less than a half a dozen people uh-huh. that, and I can't even picture them right now. I just know that very, very infrequently has a person said, no, I don't, uh, I don't uh, remember there being a correlation with the vaccines. Wow. That, out of 1,500, less than, less than a half a dozen. I mean, that's, I'd say that's pretty solid in that regard. And, of course, you, we, you've talked about and you've written about extensively uh, what vaccine-induced brain encephalopathy. How would you determine it for people to understand in common language? Well, essentially, the, it, it, you know, if you just follow this logic, and a, vi- a vaccine is supposed to provide you a signature, if you will, of a pathogen that could cause a severe disease. So what we do as the vaccine world believes that if you take that substance and you attenuate it, you kill it, and then you put it into the into the body. Some some vaccines are attenuated, meaning that they're severely weakened and they're put into the into the system in order to have the body get the signature block and then build antibodies so that in case in the future it's ever exposed to this pathogen, it's got that memory within the immune system so it can fight. That, I mean, that's about as basic as I can break it down. Um, the sure. problem is that in that attenuated virus, in that signature that they're introducing, that vaccine, they've got all these toxic substances that first and foremost reduce the effectiveness of the immune system. They depress the immune system. They're immunosuppressive. In other words, they're suppressing the immune system. And now you look at the fact that if you're suppressing the immune system uh, during the actual inoculation, and yet the purpose of that inoculation of that vaccine is to give your body the memory that it needs in order to fight, then how can you create that memory for the immune system if you're depressing the immune system at the time of introducing the, the, the signature block? And then on top of that... You know, you follow this logic. Hmm. We know that the first six months of life, in fact, in all species, I don't know what the exact term is in all species, but in human, the first six months of life, the entire dependency of the immune system comes from the mother's immune system. Right. So that's the, in fact, in cows, farmers know that you got to make sure that the first three days, you know, you get the baby's cl- uh, the the mother, colostrum. The colostrum from the mother, right? Yeah. Uh, and this is with all species, but we know that in humans, for the si- first six months, your immune system is not developed. The baby's immune system is not developed enough to do anything on its own until the first six months of life. Well, if that's the case, then why are we giving children five, six, 10, 20, 30 different types of vaccines in the first day or first two days of their life on the planet? And on top of that, we know that the body system to eliminate these toxicities like mercury and like many of the metals which is primarily the alimentary system, the gastrointestinal system. And we know yep. from, an embryon- from an embryological standpoint that the actual development of the gastrointestinal system is not even complete till the first six months of life is over. I'm, excuse me, for the first year of life. Right, right. Now, how we, so we're basically giving a system a poison with a, a known pathogen, the poison meaning the preservative and the pathogen meaning whatever we're supposedly vaccinating them from. Right. During a period when the body can't outprocess that poison, so we're suppressing that the immune system and giving it when the immune system can't even do its job by learning because it hasn't fully developed yep. to do the job that it's supposed to be doing. So, I mean, anybody who understands basic science, mm-hmm. they start seeing the flaw in this whole concept of vaccination. Because if that's truly what their agenda was to really help, yep. they would have already said, well, nobody should be vaccinated within the first two, two years of life. 
You know, secondly, the most important thing is to enhance the nutrition of the mother and enhance her system physiologically so that she can be of the strongest um, and, and, and the, you know, the fittest uh, immune system that she can possibly have so she can pass that on, mm-hmm. the, the I, IgM, immunoglobulins, to the fetus, through the placenta, to make sure that the baby is the healthiest. And they would make sure that they're not adding toxic substances to these very signature blocks that are supposed to be helping us. Well, exactly. And this is why we're, you know, we're raising this issue again. It needs to be said more people are coming on board and understanding this. And, of course, the idea of bypassing the immune system of the gut, the natural development, in order to elicit an antibody response. I've talked about it extensively, that what's the good of having an antibody if you have no immune system to act against what you recognize? It's absurd. Oh, man. Take a deep breath. We're going to take a quick break here. Dr. Rashid Bittar is here on Fumes today. A couple hours of sleep, but he's right there with us, and I appreciate him very much. And you can check him out online. I've got all the links at robertscottbell.com. You can check out medicalrewind.com and more. And, of course, 866-939-BELL is the number. And naturalnewsradio.com, if you're listening to us there right now, enter your email address and you will get your daily alerts, including all the special links that we do when we talk to Dr. Batar on Advanced Medicine Monday. Coming right back after this. The Robert Scott Bell Bell Show. Advanced Medicine Monday continues here with Robert Scott Bell and Dr. Rashid Batar. Dr. Batar, you know, you're laying out some things in such common sense fashion and perspectives that, as we know, the people who oppose this end up looking quite foolish. It's embarrassing to them, which is why they have to resort to magicians and, and, you know, basically ad hominem attacks. They yell and scream and stomp rather than engage in, you know, rational debate on these issues. You know, case in point is we started today's show uh, about the attacks on Michelle Bachman or even attacks on Ron Paul, who simply rationally approaches these things and said, why not look at cause and effect? Why not assess these things honestly and openly without the agenda to keep people enslaved to a thought form that is not based or rooted in science? You know, we know even if we talk about the human papilloma virus or any virus, we have substances, botanical and otherwise. We've talked about silver that can counteract viral replication. But I think, you know, we, we understand a fraction of what viruses really are. I think in the, in the future, we're going to look back and say, well, viruses really even weren't the cause of disease either. And that's not advocating for, you know, just ignoring them completely. But I think there's a lot that we don't understand because we've adopted as a culture, as the West, as medical science, the germ theory is the cause for everything. Whereas you and I, we focus on the terrain, the environment, the milieu to explain things. Well, absolutely. Because the virus, if you look at the virus, I mean, we are a viral system. The way our DNA evolves the way we have the DNA adducts and the polymorphisms, it's very similar to how a virus acts. You have information that's you know, taken out, put, replaced in, in, within the DNA. And so I uh, believe, in, and actually this was a concept that was introduced to me by one of my mentors mm-hmm. who is uh, no longer with us in this realm, and he passed on uh, last year. But um, you know, he made a very profound statement to me years ago, and that was that we are a viral system. And, and he showed this to me and explained it to me, and he's an immunologist. But uh, what's interesting is that it's, it's actually when you start looking at, at how our bodies evolve, how um, humans evolve, it is through the same method as how viruses reproduce. And so I completely agree with you that the, the virus is, is really not the problem. It is that terrain. And, you know, if, if this was the case, if virus was a problem or mm-hmm. bacteria was a problem or any of these things were really the yes. root problem, 
then humans would have been extinct along with the dinosaurs <laughs> yes. and everything else because exactly. that's obviously not how we evolved. But yeah, we evolved because of our ability to master our environment. Mm-hmm. And in the last 50 years, you know, 75 years, and especially in the last 20 or 30 years, we have essentially been poisoned as a world society, slowly mm-hmm. but surely. Everything from what you breathe, what you eat, what you drink, even what you hear, what you see, what you feel, the spiritual aspect is, is we have been toxified and toxified over and over, if that's a word. Since yes. you make up words, Robert. We do, I absolutely. I, if I don't make up at least one word a day, I feel like I haven't accomplished anything. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, that uh, that we talk about detoxification all the time, but the yes. opposite of it is to introduce that toxicity. Mm-hmm. And, and that's actually what's happening to us all the time. And it's most incumbent upon us to make sure that we take safeguards to make certain that our families and our loved ones and ourselves are protected from yes. this. And how do we protect ourselves from, from these constant sources of toxicity? By becoming aware and by abstaining from those things, those activities, those actions that could lead to toxicity. And a right. lot of these things are very, very simple things like, you know, not getting mercury fillings in your mouth or mm-hmm. not eating certain types of food that we know are not good for us or things that, um, you know, a, a inferior piece of machinery like a gasoline engine can't deal with sugar. So maybe we should start looking at that and see, you know, how, how much sugar are we taking into our bodies and yes. making sure that when we're pumping gasoline in our cars, we look the other way, we're not breathing that stuff in. And we do the simple things that are necessary in order to detoxify ourselves right. as best as we can, even if we don't have access to a doctor and making sure our water is cleaner, making sure that our milk is, you know, not poisoned. I mean, I talk about this in, in the book about the different types of milk, and maybe we can't control what type of protein is in the milk in the, here in the United States, but certainly we can control the the quality of that milk we're drinking. And things like pasteurization and things that, mm-hmm. such as abstaining from raw milk and so many things that our forefathers did and that, you know, before that for thousands of years mankind did ha- have helped us to live on this planet and, and prosper. And yet in the last you know, 50, 60 years, we have higher rates of chronic disease than ever in the history, a recorded history of yes. mankind. And then those illusionists, as you pointed out, Robert, <laughs> yeah, yes. try to make it that, oh, well, we have better methods of determining disease now. And that's why we see more incidence of these diseases. It's not really that we see more. It's always been there. Our diagnosis, our epidemiological data is now uh, sounder and more secure, and that's why we can see a uh, higher occurrence of disease. It's a, it's really not the case. That's not what we're seeing, which is a bunch of horse manure. You and I both know yeah, that. Yeah. Well, we talk about the terrain, and it's so so important to understand this because the idea that, uh, as you said, the bacteria viruses are out to get us all the time. I mean, it's a wrongheaded notion. We sur- we survive because we've learned to to basically live in a, a state of symbiosis, so to speak. We rely upon the microbes in the gut for immune function, for digestion, to make uh, nutrients available to us. Much like plants in the soil, also rely upon a lot of these microbes or microbial life forms. And I see, you know, the increased viral replication issues is cell survival 
You know, in a Absolute. sense, it's the, the right. cells are That's spewing this evolution. stuff out. Yeah, and, and so if, the more we intoxicate ourselves, the more we're going to say, oh, the virus is going to come up. And, of course, movies like Contagion only endorse the idea that the virus is just waiting to get us. It's going to sneak, oh, yeah, let's get them now. And, of course, it's nonsense. We continue to put put these toxins in our body. Our body cannot excrete them readily, appropriately. And then survival mechanisms kick in at that cellular level, and viruses are these things that we then identify. And we say, aha, the cause is if the fire men who are putting out the fire are the cause of the fire, right? Correlation, exactly. not causation. Exactly. Yeah. You're not using my analogy. Yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. right. Because mm-hmm. if you look at what's happened historically with this entire issue of vaccinations and the CDC saying that you must be vaccinated and the shortage of the flu vaccines and this hysteria that's made up and this propaganda that's fed out to the public as if it's M&Ms and the fear-mongering that's done – all that stuff, if you remember what happened with H1N1, yes. the entire craze that was uh, – the people were tried to uh, – almost like they were manipulated. They were trying to be um, – how do I put it? It was almost like they were trying to create a shark feeding frenzy yes. and panic among the population. If you remember, Obama got on the air and made a comment that he estimated or it had been estimated by the government that 60,000 – I'm sorry, 60 million United States citizens would be – uh, suffering from this vaccine, they were planning on these massive deaths. Yes, and and the public responded. Some very, um, in, in a very relaxed manner, they laughed about it because they thought this was ludicrous for the government to say this. And some people, like the Washington State Nurses Association, where they filed a lawsuit in Supreme Court, and I think there was one also in New York City, yes. where the Nursing Association filed a lawsuit and went all the way up to the highest court of the of the land to defend their right to abstain from certain vaccinations i mean they're worldwide i think the german government if i remember this correctly was willing to pay for 95 percent of the cost of vaccine uh, vaccinations for the h1n1 but the public refused only three percent of the right german people is that right it was, yeah it was, it was very very minimal it was embarrassing and of course we're seeing more of that and i think this is this is the time of desperation where they pull out whatever big guns they have left like hollywood movies you know to right. try to kind of force people into that oh wait wait you know don't leave the farm yet because this one's going to be the big one Right. And the whole thing is, Robert, that if there was, you know, the, the point that I wanted to make was that this, the way that they've done this, the way that they've, they've created this propaganda, think about this for a second. The reason that people would have died, that, that those statements were accurate statements. That is exactly what would have happened. 60 million American, Americans would have died and worldwide millions of people have died if they had bought into this line of horse manure and gotten vaccinated. It was the entire vaccination program that would have caused the demise that they were using as propaganda to get everybody into a fearful mode to take the vaccines. And this is what I don't know whether a lot of people realize. That's one reason that I make the comment. And again, you know, some people say, well, that's just conspiratorial. That's ridiculous. But the fact of the matter is this. It was the mere... Uh, acknowledgement of the public and the realization of the public that most of this information was just garbage and propaganda and they laughed about it and they didn't take it or they refused to take it or they filed lawsuits to prevent themselves from having to take it. The point is they didn't take it. In fact, in uh, California, there was a case where the media picked up. I don't know whether you picked this is mainstream media picked this case up Uh and they were making a huge deal about these 64 cases of H1N1 deaths that had not been reported nationwide. I mean, 64 people that came to the same hospital 
and it was and they they died they they had the diagnosis of h1n1 and they died and nobody was talking about it because here's this huge endemic flu and you know m- massive number of deaths already from this flu nobody's covering the story why not blah 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 and then all of a sudden the story went dead now the only reason i knew about this was because this was about the time when uh, uh i was taking care of that redskins cheerleader and there's some other right. things that Desiree were going Jennings, on yes i'd put out some videos uh, myself uh, about this whole issue of the vaccinations all of a sudden, that story went dead. Yeah. Do you know why that story went dead? Well, I can speculate, but do you have some definitive on it? Well, from what I understand, the reason that the story all of a sudden went dead and the reason that mainstream media all over did not pick it up and only the local Californian uh, news media picked it up and then all of a sudden killed it was because all 64 people that died of H1N1, this mm-hmm. grave disease that was going to kill all of humanity. Don't tell me they were vaccinated. All 64 had been vaccinated. They, were, they had been vaccinated for the H1N1. No, 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 no. We can't reveal that because, you know, if, in fact, that wasn't the case, that would have been front page news worldwide and would have oh, you know, basically defended their perspective that everybody absolutely. needs to get it. But this would have destroyed it utterly. If it had been six people that died without getting the vaccine, they would have probably made a huge Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and as we've seen the propaganda on whooping cough as well, they try to pretend that the the kids with whooping cough, you know, didn't get vaccinated, but the vast majority of them have been. And of course, these are the things that uh, you know. We come back to Congressman Dr. Ron Paul. He says, "Who is at risk if your kid doesn't get vaccinated? If you if you're under the belief that the vaccines really prevent disease, is it not you and your family?" But then they say, "No, no, no." But they could spread it among all the vaccinated people. Well, well if, if the they could, then the, the vaccine yeah. supposedly protects them, right. right? Which they admit, basically, based on that fear that their vaccines do not work for what they're designed <laughs> for, right? Exactly. All right. Exactly. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. We're going to be back to wrap up Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Batar, enjoying immensely as I do every week our discussion here and uh, talking about things and in ways that can never be discussed or uttered in the old media we do it here and all of you listening around the world there are no cheap seats they're all good here and the information does not go bad that's why we don't use any synthetic preservatives not necessary we're coming right back with more dr batar after this giving the pharmaceutical industry cardiac arrest clear it's the robert scott bell show rocking the health world through the power of radio it's the robert scott bell show Tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody who'll listen. Uh, come and listen to Robert Scott Bell Show every week, especially our Advanced Medicine Monday segments with Dr. Batar. Also, if they have not already, if you have not already gotten the nine steps to keep the doctor away, what are you waiting for? A life-changing, life-affirming, empowering, wonderful book, engaging, entertaining, funny at times. And Dr. Batar, I'm glad that we have that living book. That is you in that case every, every week here uh, doing what we do. Well, Robert, I appreciate that. I, the book uh, exceeded all my expectations, and it's been a blessing. So I appreciate you saying that. Well, the gift of healing keeps on giving. That's what we're doing here. And we talk about nine steps to keep the doctor away. We talk about 100,000 of them because everything we're referencing here is trying to empower people. And we recognize, too, there is a role for doctors and te- teachers and healers as such. And, you know, we go to plumbers, we go to whatever. But uh, the point is, wouldn't it be a better place if we were all learning at the same time? 
what others knew to, so that we could be empowered and, and basically pass on that knowledge like it used to be from generation to generation. It wasn't that it was always kept secret from us as we have devolved into this idea that there are only secret societies of doctors that know stuff that no one else can know. We know that everybody has access to this, but it's now becoming the point of we got to remember that. Well, I would like to take this opportunity to say something that my nurse practitioner really, really doesn't like me to do, but <laughs> but it does come across very well and effectively to patients, and that is, you made the analogy, we go to plumbers and we go to you know other types of professionals when we need help, and, and mm-hmm. so what I would like to equate going to a doctor would be, you, would, you should go to the doctor when you're really sick and you need some help, but unfortunately, most people end up going to the doctor because they've got these problems that they think is sickness or disease, right. and in actuality, all they have done or have not done is that they need to flush the toilet. But we are not taught that. So you're calling the plumber every time you need to flush the toilet. And flushing the toilet may sound like a bizarre analogy, but it's not because it's detoxifying. You're cleaning your system up. When you flush the toilet, it eliminates everything. And if you know how to eliminate properly, and these nine steps are essentially just giving people – a basic understanding of where they need to stay, what things they need to stay away from, and certain steps that they can do themselves in order to help – Make sure that the toilet is being flushed, if, you know, for lack of a better analogy. The point is, if you had to call the plumber every time you, need, you use the toilet and you need to flush it, it, it would become very expensive, which obviously it has in our society. That's one reason the medical system is failing. Right. But it would also become very problemsome. And, you know, the, if the plumber keeps on creating this illusion that he's got some kind of big secret and you've got to call him every time. Yes. A lot of these steps are just simple things that people, you know, taking care of your, your own health, prevention, these are simple concepts that you don't need a doctor for. Uh, and in fact, it may be better. Whenever I hear a person say, I haven't been to a doctor in 50 years, I'm like, well, that's why you're 75 years old. That's why you're so well. So yeah. You know, I love that analogy. I mean, every time we get together, we come out with some more things. And I know you, you there's, like I said, there's a wealth of knowledge and communication out there. This is something that's so exciting to reveal. And that analogy is great. It's like the, the way we go to the doctor today in our Western culture, and this is why Obamacare came up and why even before the medical monopoly and in all the insurance schemes that played out, people think they need to see the doctor every time, like a plumber, every time you flushed the toilet. Oh, I got to call the plumber for that. You're right. We've got to clean. We've got to start with that detoxification, and that's on every level. And we talk about it in terms of physiology, of course, with normal movements out of the body. But remember here, we also cover it on much, I would say, higher levels in terms of of mental thought forms, emotional issues as well. That's why we cover economics and politics as well, because we need to detoxify some of these thoughts that were placed there by others who wanted to keep us manipulated under control and keep us calling the plumber every time we flush the toilet. And, And we need to be aware of those who are promoting the concept that we take our own health into our own hands, like the Dr. Ron Pauls and, and uh, uh, Michelle. Um. Well, Bachman, in this case, I, I don't know that she knows as much as, as we know or Dr. Paul does. But again, we give her her props for being willing to bring it up. I don't know if she's reg- regretting at this point. She is being slammed by parents right now in a good way to say, hey, listen to my story. Listen to my story. We'll see where she goes from here if she's going to be true to it. But I, we're going to give her the benefit of the doubt at this point. But as we know, Congressman Paul has been sit- talking about the same message for 30 plus years. And I think that if she's being slammed with this by parents talking about their stories, yep. hopefully 
she's going to become more aware of the issue because a lot of times, you know, people just haven't been touched with it themselves. Right. Although you'd think it's kind of hard in today's society not being touched with some of these things. One out of less than 70 children, I think it's one out of 67 kids now in the United States has autism. So it's difficult to really imagine how a person could not have been touched with it. But hopefully she'll become um, uh, more aware. And as long as she's getting slammed and she's having to defend herself and Dr. Paul keeps on talking about this, it keeps it in the forefront. It keeps it in the media, which in the popular media, in the, in the traditional media, which it really hasn't. They've done nothing but subdue it. And anytime it does come up and rear its head, you know, they slam it down or ridicule it or make it minimize it. Yeah. And so I think that, that it's, it's a great service, just the fact that they're talking about it and it's getting into the uh, consciousness of, you know, the, the, the perceivable consciousness of the general public. Yeah, well, exactly. And uh, Dr. Batar, of course, I don't need to tell you, but I'll tell everybody in the audience, Dr. Batar here is doing tremendous work in continuing to, uh, you know, move this uh, information forward outward to the reg- the rest of the public the best way he can. And he's done it with his sensational book as well as his weekly appearances here. He gets interviewed. He goes out to medical uh, uh, conferences and, and speaks as well. And I'm just grateful that we get to do this every week because, man, it just moves it forward. It's exciting. It, it's, it's, it's engaging. And, of course, uh, it, you know, occasionally we get to laugh about some of these things. And, of course, we have to cover some tragedies as well. But these are the things that are helping us to get where we we want to go and you know coming out of fear going back into love where we started this discussion well it it is something that i uh, appreciate your ability and your desire to take on this not so popular venue um Mm. 20 years ago 15 years ago whenever you got started in this and i know for the last what 11 12 years you've been doing this on a very consistent and regular basis and a lot of people either one don't have the patience for it or two they don't have the resolve for it so yeah. it's refreshing to be with somebody who has withstood the test of time and continued the message and now it's becoming more and more popular yep they are coming around to recognize it so this is fun uh dr batar remember dr i've got all the links up at robertscottbell.com also this week i'll be traveling a lot so i've got a mix of uh really sensational interviews with a, a lot of great guests and health and healing experts this week of course there's a special uh, two-hour aids episode we're going to cover the fallacy of the science behind aids and this empowering and powerful message that is not heard anywhere else as well and uh, dr patar once again it's great to be with you every advanced medicine monday as we continue to elevate the consciousness to the best of our ability it's always good to be here robert and so we uh, sign off today for advanced medicine monday but remember the healing continues six days a week on the robert scad bell show and i leave you with this the power to heal is yours the robert scott the bell robert show. scott bell show